Good evening everyone and welcome to Kabbalah of the Soul. Tonight's class is titled, From Where Will My Salvation Come? And thank you to Baruch for reminding me of the words, May I in Yahweh Ezri. This week, we're going to discuss one of the most basic doctrines of Chabad. And that is the famous quote of Mayach Shalit al-Halev, The brain controls the heart. This is the foremost principle of Chabad. So much so, it's called the Aleph. The Aleph of Chabad is what we're going to learn today, that Mayach Shalat al-Halev, your brain controls your heart. Ramayisha Maizlish, he was a follower of Rav Shner Zaman of Liadi. And he was fluent in many languages. So during the War of 1812 with Napoleon and the Russian government. He was hired as a translator by Napoleon to translate, to be used in all the different areas. They would go to translate whenever necessary. And at one time they were trying... To, now, Ramosha Maislish was actually a spy for the Russian government. The reason being that Rabshner Zalman of Liadi was very clear that the worst thing for the Jewish people would be if Napoleon would, would win the War of 1812. This was a big debate amongst many rabbis at the time. Who should win the War of 1812? Should it be the Russians or Napoleon? Effectively, Napoleon would have been nicer to the Jews. He would have let them do what they wanted. But Schneer Zalman said at the time that that would only cause assimilation and unfortunately would destroy the Jewish nation, giving them that complete freedom. And so he fought in his way for the Russians to win. One of the things he did was he sent his follower, Reb Moshe Meislich, to be a spy, as I mentioned, in Napoleon's camp for the Russians. Napoleon was trying to get inside of Vilna and during one of the final meetings to discuss how they're going to conquer Vilna, the, the generals are standing together over a map. Moshe Moshe is in the corner as a translator, and Napoleon bursts into the room. He bursts into the room, and the first thing he does is he goes over to this man. He says to Moshe, he says, hey, you're, you're a spy. You're a spy for the Russians. And how would he tell if someone was a spy? He would put his hand on the man's heart and see. If that man, if his heart was pounding, he's a spy. If he was. So he puts his hand on Moshe's heart and his heart wasn't pounding. So he said he's not a spy. Later, Moshe said, where did that energy come to be able to fully control his heart? That came from the doctrine we're going to learn today that mayach shalat al-halev your brain controls your heart. There's no such thing as saying I have a desire for something and I must do it. It, it's, it's false. If you desire something, you may want to do it, but you don't need to do it. Was he a spy? He was a spy. He was a spy, but he was able to... He was able to have self-control over himself. And each one of us... All the genius. We have the ultimate power of self-control within us. We're all able to be the Bainini. The Bainini is someone, as we mentioned, who does not sin in thought, speech, and action. Where does that energy come from? There's a fight happening between the good and bad. 
So from where will my salvation come? As the class is titled, the answer is from your brain. The answer is from your intellect. Your intellect, your brain, has the ability to overpower any emotion. Good evening, David. Welcome. Yes. And that's an essential aspect of Lubavitch. It isn't present in all of the other sects of Hasidism or of other aspects of Judaism. Thank you. As I mentioned at the beginning of the class, it's called the Aleph of Chabad. The Aleph is this basic doctrine. We have full self-control over ourselves. If I'd been here on time, I would have yeah. known that. The Benini is someone who has a challenge throughout the day, but when it comes to prayer, he is he's able to fully push away the bad. During prayer, he's able to fully focus on good. Yet after prayer, we said, the second he walks out of Shul, everything hits him like a bolt of lightning. <coughs> and that's where we're holding page 48, bottom of the right-hand column. We're middle of chapter 12, page 48, bottom of the right-hand column, yet. Actually, right there, you'll see a little gray box that said in, in small words 21 Tevet. So the Tanya continues although the evil hits you like a bolt of lightning as soon as you walk out of the room yet because the evil has not the sole authority and dominion over the city it's not only evil no the good is still prevalent so therefore the evil is unable to carry out this desire from the potential into the actual. Okay. Are we talking about a lingering effect after Shul? No, you walk in Shul, there was no desire. But as soon as you walk out of Shul, the desires hit you back. So how, as you walk out of Shul, do you control those desires? Well, it's 50-50 of -50, good and bad. So the good stops the bad from closing itself in the bodily limbs, Indeed, speech, and persistent thought. The good says, hey, don't do anything bad, don't talk bad, don't think bad. Are you able to completely control any negative thoughts? Well, we're saying that Benini has complete control over his thoughts. I thought he has the ability to push them away. Ah, so I want to re-quote re what we discussed last week, and that is that there are two types of thoughts. One thought is something that comes to you. It's an automatic reaction to something. You saw something and naturally there's a natural inclination, a natural desire to sin. That natural instinct of Bain and he doesn't have control. In other words, if he sees something desirable, he's going to desire it. That's coming from the evil. But the Bain and he is immediately able to say, no, no. I'm not going to dwell on this. The Bainani can stop himself from thinking, actively thinking about anything. He cannot stop desires from coming from the left ventricle of the heart to his mind, but he could stop, he could stop his mind from focusing and thinking actively about it. And that's what we continue. That we stop, the, the good could stop the evil from persistent thought. What is persistent thought? Translate to Pshneer Zaman on the next page of concentrating his attention on the enjoyment of the mundane pleasures. You're able to control yourself from concentrating on the enjoyment of the mundane. You can't stop yourself 
from having that initial thought, but you could stop yourself from concentrating on the mundane as to how to satisfy the lust of his heart. One second. How are you able to control yourself? How does the good prevail over the bad? And here it comes the punchline because the mayach shalit al halev, the brain rules over the heart, as explained in Raya Mehemna Parshish Pinchas, as it's explained in the Zohar, by virtue of its innately created nature. This is something that each and every one of us was created with. We don't have to work for it, on the contrary. Unfortunately, we're born with our mind controlling ourselves and we may slip the other way, allowing our heart to take control. But naturally, each and every one of us has this ability. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be anything. You have to be human. You're human. You have the power to control your emotions. Mayach shalat al-halev. Look at this. Let's continue. For this is how man is created from birth. At birth, you're created. That each person may, with the willpower, the ratzon in his brain, restrain himself and control the drive of lust that is in his heart. This is a natural, this is how we're created. Preventing his heart's desires from expressing themselves in action, word, or thought. Machshava Dibra we're created with the ability to control our thought, speech, and action. And I've not only. Hashem gave us the... What is it? Mayach shalat al-halev. Our brain controls our heart. Oh, one second. Our brain controls our heart so much, not only could we stop ourselves from thinking about something, but more importantly, as we know, that you don't fight evil by stopping to think about it. You don't fight evil by stopping to do it. You fight evil by doing something else. Not only do you fight evil by doing something else, you fight evil by doing the exact opposite of evil. Our brain controls our heart means we're able to stop thinking about the evil, we're able to divert from the evil, and we're able to do the exact opposite. Unbelievable. Hashem has given us the ability to see desire. The desire comes to our mind and we tell ourselves, you know what? I'm going to do the exact opposite. Let's see that inside. I want to see this point inside and then we'll take all the questions. Let's go back four. This is six lines from the top of the left column, page 50. For this is how man is created from birth. That each person may, with the willpower in his brain, were created with the ability to restrain himself and control the drive of lust that is in his heart. Number one is we could control the lust in our heart, preventing his heart's desires from expressing themselves in action, word, or thought. That's step number one. We could control ourselves. Number two is we could and divert his attention altogether from the craving of his heart. We're able to move aside from that craving to... Towards, toward the completely opposite direction. Particularly in the direction of holiness. We have the ability not only to not do bad, but to do something else. Not only to do something else, to do the exact opposite. And this is how we were created. It's a natural thing. No effort needed to have this ability. Questions? Yeshua? Yeah, emotions. We're talking about all emotions. When we talk, we refer to the heart, correct? 
everything. Yes. Fear, yes. anger, the whole gamut. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We have the ability to not be fearful. We have the ability to control our, our fear. We also have the ability to create fear. We could create fear for Hashem. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to remove fear for other items. Yes. We have the ability to create love, which sounds hypocritical, but nonetheless we learn yeah. that yes, you could create a love Everything. and you could remove a love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, when we were talking about the, uh, the Tzadi, we were talking about the Tzadi <coughs> could take evil and turn it into holy. Yeah. Is this kind of like that? But, but we're not talking about a Tzadi here, we're talking about a Bainan. Right. Bainan. Isn't that the same? Are we saying here that you could take evil and make it good? Or we're just saying that you're able to, t you're able to completely do the opposite of good, of evil? Or take a, a evil thought and make it a holy thought or something. No, we're not, you, we're not saying you're going to take the evil and make it good. We're just saying you're able to do the exact opposite. <laughs> that means, for, to give you an example, if you wanted to hurt someone, that means you would be nice to them. But that doesn't mean that you took the evil itself oh, okay. and elevated it. You vacate the evil thought and substitute it with good. Any other questions? You know, there's two meanings to Mayach Shalat al-Halev, the brain controlling the heart. One is, and let's talk about love, for example. You can create love. We say, You should love Hashem your God. We also say, Es Hashem You should fear Hashem, your God. How could we tell you to love Hashem? I could tell you that you should be scared of Him, but fear that you should have an innate fear of God, that you should love God. These, how could we demand from someone a feeling? You would never tell someone you need to love this person. You could force them to get married, but you could never force them to love each other. You have this innate feelings towards your parents, for example. So you're supposed to understand in your mind that this is, this is your ultimate parent, that Hashem is your ultimate parent. Therefore, that's what you're actually saying when you're saying you should love Hashem. So there is one step, which is a deep step, thank you, you, thank you Jonathan, which is that we, you reveal a natural love within you. That's good, yes. But there's another step, and that's what I want to share tonight, and that is you could create a love if you think if you focus actually I'm sharing the same answer as you yes, if you think about how Hashem is you that thought can create a love correct, I'm, I'm fully agreeing with you but our thoughts have the ability to create a love that is the first definition of the brain controlling the heart, where your brain has the ability to create an emotion. That's one method. There's another method which is where your brain doesn't change your heart, but it controls, it literally stops your heart from doing something. The first method is where your brain can change your desires. The second method is where your brain doesn't change it, it just controls it. 
The Bainani has both of these powers. Is that clear so far? Let's, let's try again. Let's say it again. The Bainani, on the one hand, has the ability during davening to create his heart, to create feelings in his heart, to create real emotions. The Bainani could sit down during davening, block out everything else, and just think about how much he loves Hashem and create a love. So his heart is actually controlling the heart, but not only controlling, literally creating a feeling. Well, is it creating the physical response associated with the feeling so that finally the feeling comes? To me, it seems that's really what's going on. That you know what it feels like to love, you call upon that physical feeling, and then you're able to, to move into the state of love. Yes, the brain is eliciting the state of love for Hashem. Mm -hmm. Yes, but it's, it's doing it for Hashem, not for anything else. Right. So, but 100%, yes. Right. The, the, yes, the, the brain is working with the heart. But that's one level where the brain is actually working with the heart. Then, and actually, I appreciate that terminology. So the first method would be where the brain works with the heart. The second method is where the brain doesn't work with the heart. The heart has a negative desire. The brain is not working with it, it's controlling it. It's forcing it. When, you're, when the Bainani is in Shul, he's in step number one. He's able to work with the heart. The Bainani is able to create feelings within the heart. Once the Bainani leaves Shul, he doesn't have that ability anymore. At this point, he's only able to control the heart. Is that clear? Let's give one more example. Is that, is that an example or is that a fact? That's a fact. Okay, so when, when you're in shul, you, you have that ability. Right. When you leave shul, you lose that ability. And, and we spoke about last week because the time you're in shul is a time that in heaven, the intellect and emotions are connected. Yeah, we discussed that at length last week. Yeah. But do you have to be in shul? I mean, can't you have that same process sitting on your sofa in the home? If if you it does, you don't have to be in shul, but it needs to be a time of prayer. Okay. To 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 properly create these emotions, we said you have to do it at the same time that God's emotions and intellect is connected. Okay. Yeah. But you can. But wait a second. You can control this. You don't have to be praying uh, ostensibly to uh, to be able to control your control your heart, to control your emotions. Do you? To control them. I mean, because you don't you spend you don't spend your entire day concentrating. Well, maybe you should be, but uh, <laughs> on on uh, on prayer on and on Hashem. I mean, maybe I'm a guy. I can only do one thing at a time. To control them, you don't need to be in shul. But to work with them, yeah. that's going to be at a time of prayer. Right. I mean, to me, shul creates an environment ready-made to be able to uh, to control your heart. Right. And like, like Sandra pointed I mean, out... It's, it's right there. I mean, you're in a room, the, the blinds are drawn, you're not looking out the window, you got the pseudor in your hand, you're not supposed to talk, you know, throw my pizzas up, go to work. But you can do that at home. Correct, correct. I, you, it, it needs to be a time of prayer more than 
in the place of prayer. If you do it in shul at a time of prayer, that's the ultimate, certainly. Yeah. That's the best setting possible, yeah. But I mean, you can be driving down the street. You can be driving down the street and then and somebody uh, in a car cuts you off and you get immediately angry and you want to get out and uh, grab the baseball bat and break the windshield of the car. But, you're, but your brain says, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, that's that's another example of this. But is that controlling or is that working with your heart? What's the difference? The difference is, mm -hmm. has your mind went ahead and said, you know what? I love that person who just cut me off and I'm going to go buy him a present. He's the most, I love him. Or are you saying, you know what? I don't really want to think about this. I'm just not going to hurt him. Which one is it? Are you working with your heart or you're just controlling it? Yeah, one's, one is one case and the other one is another case. Correct. Controlling your heart, you do at any time. Okay. Working with your heart. So controlling your heart, that's not the act of a bainani. Anybody can do that, or rasha, or whatever. It's, yeah. Everyone is born with the ability, to control their heart. Okay. Within controlling your heart, we're saying there's two definitions. There's working with it, and there's actually not working with it, just controlling it, stopping it. I love him and I'm going to buy him a small baseball bat and give it to him through his window shield. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, how much does the presence of Hashem have to do with it, specifically a minion? Isn't it easier to relate to Hashem with knowing that the presence of Hashem is there? Hence the shul is more conducive to such actions? It, the, the quality of a minion is so, so great. You know, Rabbi Gamliel had a servant. And the Torah forbids you from freeing a non-Jewish servant. The, the Torah said, if, if the, a non-Jewish servant, you have to treat them better than yourself. The Torah says, if you have a servant, it's like you have a master. You have to make, you have to, whatever, whatever you sleep on, they need to sleep on whatever you eat. So we're not talking about a servant in the sense of a slave, someone that's mistreated. Not at all. When a servant leaves, you buy them presents. Don't. But nonetheless, the Torah says a servant should not be freed in its full sense. And yet the same Torah says that to make a minion, if you have nine people and you need one more, you're allowed to free the servant. So you'll now have ten. So yes, davening with the minion is the most amazing thing. We say, Alikim, Nitzav Badas Kale, Hashem's always there. But the current discussion we're having about the ability to think and focus, that's about time. As we spoke last week, the ability of time with the zodiacs, we went into that at length. There is the, the ability to create emotions, that's particularly a mind, uh, a time-sensitive issue. I missed a good one. So we talked about the zodiacs last week? You can check it on soundcloud.com. Yeah. Okay. So, let's, re let's re regroup here. So, we have the, we're all born with this natural ability to, ability to, to control our hearts. Yes, unfortunately, a Russia. We've learned in the previous chapter, Rishayim, their heart, uh, the heart of the Russia controls him. He unfortunately has removed the ability of his mind to control him. But that's, he, he's done something unnatural. He's, con he's changed the natural. <coughs> But all of us, are, we're, everyone, including the Russia, was created with the ability for their brain to control them. But, now we're going to learn this another amazing energy that Hashem has given us all, 
To control evil, yes. So, okay, Russia has allowed their heart to start controlling their brain. A Benoni can control, like, their brain controls their heart, but we, like, we kind of established that, like, most people are not at the level of a Benoni, but if we all also establish that we potentially could control our heart, then we're not <coughs> necessarily at the state of a Russia. So, like, is there a place in between, or is that, like, oh, you're working on a Like, Good question. You're saying, so the second you sin, have you lost your natural ability and you're, you're done? I, I should clarify, when I said that the wicked are controlled by their heart, I'm talking about the lowest level of wicked we discussed, which is where they've removed any good from them and they've completely destroyed um, the inner natural instincts they have for good. So no, okay. that's way beyond the you know, context of, of anyone we're familiar with. Everyone heard the quote, a little light dispels a lot of darkness? Have you heard that quote before? A little light dispels a lot of darkness. With your permission, I'd like to play you a song, a beautiful song composed by, sung by Avraham Fried. He, it was composed after 9-11. Beautiful song. Four-minute song. Allow me to share it. Everyone here? Some people say the world has gone mad Evil has stolen the day Some people say just throw in the towel
Okay, if anyone would like the song, I'm happy to send it out. But did, did everyone hear the words? Yeah, it's beautiful words, and I remember something sticks with me that he once said by a concert right after 9-11. He said, imagine, was it 11 terrorists? I think at the time, about 11 terrorists. He said, imagine if 11 terrorists could get together and do so much evil. Imagine if we had that same energy from 11 good people. Just 11 good people. Imagine what a tremendous change we can make in the, in the world. And, uh, yeah, the Rebbe once said, he said, all we need is ten people. All we need is ten people to go crazy in a good way. Do something out of the ordinary and we're going to be in a different world. And, and if, we, if that's an evil, eleven people, how much more so in good. And that is really what we're going to learn right now. That is that a little light can dispel a lot of darkness. Right? We all know you can go into a room that is pitch black and you put in a little light and the whole room becomes a different room. A little light dispels a lot of darkness. You know, just... Not only does a little light dispel darkness, light and dark don't fight. The light doesn't go to the dark and start punching it. Light comes and the darkness disappears. And this is the connection that we have we need to have to evil. We need to know if we're doing what is right, we're not fighting with evil. Just do what we need and we're going to illuminate, it's going to disappear. I can tell you numerous instances where there were negative things going on in my life and if I, if I dealt with the evil, you lose. Says Hamis Abek Immanuvel, if you fight with a dirty man, Misnabal Gamkin, he's going to make you dirty also. You know, if someone's dirty, he's going to... How do we fight evil? by doing good. And so, if we're going to now, we have this fight between good and evil, we have the godly soul and the animalistic soul, God created a natural ability for light to not, not only remove evil, not only fight with evil, but to naturally get rid of it. And it's a quote that we see from King Shlomo Amelech, famous quote, he says, next paragraph, he says, thus it is written, then I saw that wisdom surpasses folly as light surpasses darkness. Wisdom is much better than foolishness like light is better than darkness. Now what is the connection between wisdom and foolishness to light and darkness? Well, go ahead. Opposites. They're opposites, but there must be more in this analogy. Melech Zakin Ukasil we say that the animalistic soul is an old and foolish king. So when we say foolishness, it's a, it's a reference to the animalistic soul. Why is the animalistic soul called old? 
and foolish. The animalistic soul comes 13 years prior to the godly soul, or 12 by woman. The godly soul completely enters the person by his bar or bas mitzvah. The, anim the, the animalistic soul comes right away. So we call it an old king. But not only an old king, it's an old and foolish king. So when Shlomo HaMelech said that wisdom surpasses folly, he was saying that, the, that godliness removes evil like light removes darkness. What's the connection between the two? We see it in English by the words to gain knowledge, enlightenment. As you become enlightened, so you gain wisdom and knowledge. Interesting. Yes, enlightenment is a method of, it's a reference to knowledge. Very nice. Thank you. This means that just as light has a superiority, light has a natural strength, power, and dominion over darkness. So that a little physical light banishes a great deal of darkness. You light that candle, and all of a sudden the whole room is now a little brighter. Everywhere within that room. Which is therewith inevitably superseded as a matter of course and necessity. Naturally, the evil, you lit the candle, and naturally the darkness went away. You didn't fight it. So is, just, just, sorry, when you light a candle, naturally the darkness goes away. So is much foolishness of the klipa and sitra achara. The, kli, the klipa, the evil. And as indeed our sages say, a man does not sin unless, unless a spirit of folly enters into him. That means if we sin, that means we've become foolish. If we sin, that means that the foolish, the animalistic soul within us has taken control. How do we get rid of this evil? Inevitably driven away by the wisdom that is in the divine soul in the brain. God has given the godly soul the power of light. That once we start doing good, it automatically removes evil. Whose desire is to rule alone in the city. The godly soul wants to be the only ruler in the person. To purvey the whole body in the, animal, in the manner already mentioned in chapter 9 above by means of her three garments, namely thought, speech, and act of the 613 commandments of the Torah, as explained earlier. So we've learned now, again, it's amazing. Hashem has made a natural effect that when you light a candle, naturally darkness moves away. The same thing is, if, you're, if you do good, you naturally remove evil. We don't need to fight evil. We need to just do good. Right? Nike says, just do good. And there's so much, just do it. Sorry, I take it back. Just do it. But that would, would apply in our case regarding good. Just do the good, and the evil will disappear. And I, I hope all of you could look within your life and find this, that there were times that if you just go above the evil, you ignore it. You go above that person that's really, really bothering you to do something inappropriate. You go even when you're raising your children, if you're, you know, it's hard for me to remember. We just use the word raise. Yeah, well, well yeah. You're, you're, they're, they're misbehaving, but, but you usually have more luck if you try to redirect them in a positive way. A fair example, fair example. Anyone have a personal story they could share of a challenge? And I like that one of raising children, but any other story of a challenge they had? And by just... 
continuing to do good, it naturally disappeared. Sandra, could you share? <laughs> Raisley, you have a thought that comes to your mind? Sort of. I don't know if it's like evil so much, but I used to be very, um, and this is like part of growing up, but like I was very worried about how I looked a lot, but then, which is not, which is not just a good thing to do, but then as I got busier, I specifically with community service, which I know um, I've heard a lot about, like Jewish thought on that, um, like it just like, I didn't make it. I did not make an active choice to like stop being so vain. I just like it just stopped being something that I cared about because like I was too busy almost, you know. So now, now that's the habit of like caring about other things instead. I think what's interesting about that example you give is that we talk about worry, and worry, let's say, is evil. For example, if someone is, and I don't mean a little worry, but if if someone, if their mind is preoccupied with worry. And that's the Yeter Hara. He's stopping them from focusing. Oh, and, and he's removing all of her faith in his family. Precisely. Precisely. He's, so, how do you deal with worry? You don't deal with worry by worrying about it. You deal with worry by doing something else. If someone, you know, they say, if, you, if you're worried, one of the things you could do is you could go to your friend's house, do something good. You go help someone who's in need, and you're naturally going to feel better. And that would be an example, a prime example here, that by, first of all, ignoring the issue, doing better, it just, it's going to disappear. Jonathan, any, any thoughts? Oh, like an example, another, you're looking for another example, uh, workplace culture. Uh, you know, sometimes in a more stressful work, work environment, uh, there's a lot of uh, pointing fingers, throwing under the bus. Someone comes in, or one of the team members, for example, co-worker, starts pointing out, this person did an excellent job here. This person, uh, or you know, just, just praises, pointing out the good, it completely, almost instantly alters the environment. People want that environment. People no longer want to be pointing fingers. Um, that's, that's the best example yeah. I can think of. Positivity. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So let's put it all together and then we'll take any more thoughts. So we've discussed that where, from where may I and Yahweh Azri, where does the salvation of the Bainani come from? It comes from two natural energies Hashem has put in this world. Number one is the ability for our mind to control our heart, whether it's at a time of prayer when we could form feelings within our heart, whether it's after prayer, outside of prayer, where we're able to control ourselves from thought, speech, and action, inappropriate thought, speech, and action. That's step number one. Step number two is, and it's so amazing, so amazing how good just completely, rem it doesn't remove bad. It's as if the bad wasn't here. When you light a candle, you don't like, see the darkness running away. The darkness is just non-existent anymore. If you look inside the words of the Tanya, it says, it, on the page 50, left-hand column, seven lines from the bottom, it says, uh, or eight, nine lines from the bottom, a little physical light banishes a great deal of darkness. So first of all, one point is, you don't, it's not like a lot of good banishes a lot of bad. No, a little good banishes a lot of bad which is inevitably superseded as a matter of course and necessity. May love and may it just happens. If there's good, it's, it's unbelievable. 
these two natural things Hashem has given us are such blessings in our lives. Again, the ability to, to, for, our heart, for our mind to control our heart and the fact that good just completely supersedes bad. But you have to, and you also have to have thought to, to have love, which is, which is a way of controlling your heart. Right? Yes, yes, we, we learn via hafta, we need to love Hashem, yes, we have to create certain feelings within us. Sometimes I, my, my daughter has given me these books sometimes, different books on Emuna. So it's like, you, you open the book, you know, you're not feeling anything. But then you start reading, and they kind of go through these logical approaches yeah. as to why you should have Emuna. Yeah. And it starts with your brain, and then you've read a couple of chapters, and you know, and then you, you have this good feeling. That's right. Like you, you really do have to use your brain. Your, your brain can create a feeling. Have an emotion. Thank you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Any other thoughts or questions? David, you're too quiet. Oh, I was just thinking how much, I'm not being silly when I say this, how much I'm exactly the opposite of all of that and that my experience has led me to an opposite conclusion and I'm not comfortable with it or happy about it, but that's the way it is. That's a. Everyone's able to have their own life experience. Everyone has their own life experience. That would be interesting too. Well, except that it. Even before this class, I always am constantly forced to realize that that may be my experience, but God forbid it should apply across the board. And um, uh, there are different ways of fighting evil, I think. I like the Revis, but it doesn't always work for me. Thank you, David. Any other thoughts? Okay, well, thank you everyone for joining.